0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to episode 13 of Old Time Hockey Podcast. My name is Matt Wotanek, and as always, I'm here with my boy, AJ Powdle. AJ, how we doing, buddy? Dude, I'm
1: doing wicked good. I had a really, really sick last couple weeks. Uh, It's good to be back. We went on a one-week hiatus, uh, just kind of taking care of stuff. But, dude, been really busy. All sorts of things going on. Music stuff, food stuff, like, obviously an insane amount of hockey stuff. I I don't even know where to begin, dude.
0: Dude, it's been absolutely wild. I'm trying to like keep up with everything that's happening in the hockey world right now on top of like normal day life seems like a second full time job. Um, And as much as I love it, it's so stressful because (laughs) I'm sitting here like thinking, like, you know, getting our notes ready. And I'm like, am I missing something? Because there's just so much happening because it's just the best time of the year right now, besides, you know, regular hockey season. But I'm right there with you, dude. It's been it's been crazy. It feels awesome to come back. You know, we had a little bit of uh, shuffling and scrambling and uh, adjusting and stuff like that. But it feels really good to be back here and diving into diving into the good stuff.
1: Oh, I completely agree. I mean, honestly, we should just dive right in as far as things that we're going to be discussing today. Uh, Obviously, it's my turn again to do what's AJ listening to. Um, We're going to be talking about. The draft, because we didn't get to talk about the draft last week. We're going to be talking about free agency. We're going to be talking about restricted free agency. We're going to be talking about trades. I don't even know. Matt's going to talk about being a mountain man. We're literally all over the place, dude. <laughs> it, it's going to be nuts. I mean, I don't even know. What should I do? Should I start with uh, the What's AJ Listening To? You and then we could do into some banter points?
0: I think that's a safe bet, for sure.
1: It usually works pretty well. It's sort of our our mo love it cool all right so um basically i feel like every week i say like dude i've actually come up with the catchiest song and this time i'm gonna dial back it's not the catchiest song it's not like the catchiest thing in general i've ever heard but it's honestly just really really good music um I won't say that I'm gonna completely take credit for this just because it actually came up on my girlfriend's Spotify and I just fell in love with it. The song is called The Bug Collector and it's by Hayley Hendrix. can't even believe it it's honestly just one of those really really cool like folky musicians but she, she's folky and she's songwriting but it's not it's it's tough to really put a finger on it it's it's sort of relaxing it's like something you would listen to like at the end of the night like you're unwinding you're like about to read you're about to go to sleep or or, or just like in general like kind of coming down vibes it's it's honestly just it's so sick um her album, I Need to Start a Garden, came out in 2018. Um, actually, reminded me of my grandfather, because I've been thinking about needing to start a garden, and he had a garden, and I don't know, it's just a lot of, like, it checks a lot of, like, weird boxes, like, whether it's, like, a mental box, or it's a, like, just general good music box. I highly think that a lot of people are going to be really into it, and while I was actually getting super into this song and this album, I actually had a feeling that she was going to have some type of an acoustic performance or something like that of the song. So I went out to YouTube and checked it out. And she actually submitted the song as part of NPR's Tiny Desk Contest. She did that back in 2017. Oh, my gosh. It was seriously so powerful. It shot really well, kind of like a dark, dark room, kind of empty room. It has like one microphone in it, and she's playing with that. It's, it's so sick. I'm telling you right now. The bug collector. I need to start a garden. Haley Hendricks. I really think a lot of people are going to be super into it, and I, I really hope you are.
0: Man, I love it. I have not heard her, um, but this is right up my alley. I am. I'm. I'm, I'm lo- starting to like. I go through phases of being super into like folky, um, you know, acoustic kind of just like mellow like music. And I feel like I'm in that transition right now. Um, and this is, this sounds great. Those tiny desk, uh, performances that these people, these artists do are always like top notch. They, they give you such a different, um, outlook on the songs. They're, you know, just them as musicians. So the fact that that is how you wrap that up, that that was like something you found, I'm, I'm stoked on it. This is, this sounds awesome. And, um, I'm definitely going to check it out for sure.
1: It's so true. Like all, like there are a lot of really cool Tiny Desk contests. If people aren't aware of that contest in general, you should really check it out. I know the girl from Really From did a Tiny Desk uh, with her other project called Nature Shots. Oh, oh, it's really <laughs> too. That's all I
0: there's, I feel like there's so many that I can't even, like, uh, did you ever see the Mac Miller one?
1: No, I've never seen that one.
0: Okay, that, that that one surfaced after he died, and like obviously like it's been on the the internet for years, but like it like surfaced like went cr- crazy after you know he passed away, but like that performance like made my entire outlook of him like just not that I had a bad outlook on him before, but like it just like solidified like how good of an artist he actually was. And I, like, I just feel like that's how it goes with those things. I mean, it just really like breaks down and ma- it gives you a raw product of what they're putting out. And it's, it's really cool that, you know, something like a, like those tiny desk things exist. It's awesome. Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, So moving on, my band number two is going to be, and this is a band. A lot of people probably already know sort of like a, Blast from the past, if you're not familiar with this band, go back and make sure you're into it, Piebald.
0: I walk the streets of a Carolina, watching people pushing shopping carts, and there's a guy above me. Dude, do you like Piebald? Washing- Dude, I have never listened to Piebald. Get out of here, <laughs> you serious, <laughs> right Really? how is that possible i mean i've heard of them and i've they've probably been on like i don't know like varieties uh you know whatever you know what i'm trying to say but like I've, I've never sat down and listened to piebald dude so hey you freaking let me down with every time i die last week
1: <laughs> hey 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 yeah that's true but so basically like these last two bands i wanted to kind of create like a it's it's July 1st. It's Canada Day. Happy Canada Day to all of our Canadian listeners, even though you will hear this on July 2nd. Um, yeah, so the dude from Jug Church actually um, was tweeting once. I think it was via the Self-Defense Family Twitter about like which piebald album is best. And he said it was, he said that it was. If it wasn't for Venetian Blinds, we'd all be curtains for us all. Or it would be curtains for us all. Dude, cool album. Whatever. He's very wrong. Best album, hands down, I'm highlighting here, is We Are the Only Friends We Have. That album reminds me of summer, to use Matt's <laughs> phrase as
0: summer vibes as I possibly can. Summer
1: Vibes! Summer Vibes, 2019. <laughs> this is the album. Seriously, like, it should remind you of why you were wearing Hot Topic t-shirts, and life is fun and simple, and there are so many bangers on it. There's American Hearts, there's Long Nights, King of the Road. They start talking about yellow buses. Dude, it's just it's such a sick, sick album. And it makes me proud to be from Massachusetts. And it makes me proud to have worked at Newbury Comics. So boom. We are the only friends we have. Piebald. Go listen to the dang
0: thing. I can't believe I I can't believe I haven't. Like how many times I've heard the name Piebald and Whatever, like, I'm just now that you. I said, when I was looking through your notes and saw that, I was like, Great, I'm gonna have to tell AJ I don't know this band. (laughs) We'll change that. I'll I'll tell, I promise, we'll change it. We will.
1: And then, my last band I wanted to just really quickly highlight is Glockamorock.
0: In my car. Please don't hold my hand. I need to get Lakamura
1: is a Philly emo band, and if you know what Philly Emo bands are from like the 2010 to 2015 era, you have a really good idea of what this band is already. But I don't know, it just it hits so many upbeat again summary, because I wanted to keep with the Matt summary vibes. <laughs> It hits summary boxes. Uh, Their best LP that I wanted to bring up is Just Married. Really, really cool album. Really high energy. All the songs are so, so sick. They make me super excited. I don't listen to them. I feel like fall or winter, and then spring and summer come around, and it's just like something triggers in my brain, and I have to put this album on. Um, Sidebar to Glockamora... Was I actually saw a really ridiculous show with them. It was them, Joyce Manor, and Ceremony. And it was like the last show I saw before I started working full time and giving my life away to city government. So I hold it near and dear to my heart. And at this show, and this is like what I really wanna bring up. And another reason why I'm bringing up Glockamora is because while I was at the show, Ross, From Ceremony. They were driving in like the Ceremony's van. And he poked his head out and he goes, Hey, is this where the punk show is? As if he didn't know where the punk show is. So, flash forward to like two weeks ago. I literally met Ceremony's tour manager from that era of Ceremony. And I was like, dude, do you remember... Him doing this because it is so ridiculously in my brain that he did this. And he was like, dude, he did that every show. So, oh my God, this is crazy. We just, we've now been let into ceremonies like brainwaves here. So, please reach out to Old Time Hockey Podcast if you were ever skateboarding outside of a ceremony show and Ross pulled up and went. Is this where the punk show is? I really gotta know. I just wanna know who else had this experience. I think it would be a really nice shared experience. And that's my three
0: bands this week. That's incredible. What a what a way to wrap that up because Katie is like super huge in the ceremony, and I know she'll really, really appreciate that story. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. It was um, so
1: it was so ridiculous. I, I need to have this conversation with someone else that had that happen to them. So bad. That's great.
0: I'm gonna have to ask her if she's ever had a, a run in with Ross. <laughs> cool. Well, those are uh, some good, some good content there. Definitely a nice little variety, and I'm I'm excited to dive in there and take a look. Um, and I f- just want to let you know, I feel a little personally attacked with the the summary, the uh, comments. I'm just just telling you how it is. You, but you you, you nailed it because you literally. Said you listen to this band in the the spring and summer, and not in the fall and winter, and that is the epitome of a summer vibe band. Like there's, it's not, it's not made up. There are real bands you just cannot listen to in the winter or the fall. It's just, I I don't know, I don't make the rules here, but that's just how it is. That like when they made that band, they're like, "Yep, people are only like us for a few months, but that's okay. They'll come back to us." (laughs) That's the, that's the mindset I think it is. It's
1: true. It's true. There's plenty of bands. There's plenty of bands, and I mean, listen, you know more than I do, so I will defer to you on summer bands. But I just had to get my two out there.
0: You're telling me I have a an uh, elite summer summer band mindset than you?
1: Yeah, dude, you are the Eli Manning of oh this god, conversation.
0: <laughs> Eli Manning
1: can't spell elite without Eli.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> I walked I walked right into that one. And oh with God. that being with that being said, we should definitely jump over to some weekly banter. And Honestly, it just kind of goes in with the reason why we we missed last week. It's just been crazy busy, crazy just nonstop. I feel like I'm just like going through the motions. So, I'm basically just going to give you guys a nice little rundown what the past couple of weeks in my life has looked like. Um, it's basically just the official crazy insane season at work right now um, leading up to the 4th of July. Um, for everyone who doesn't know what I do, um, I work for a beer distributor. Um, so, I'm a driver, but also when I can't get on the road, I help in the warehouse, loading trucks and all that kind of stuff too. So basically they're super shorthanded on third shift and it's been just like insane amount of beer going out. So like, I just like, will go in on third shift on no sleep and help them out. And it's just like, it's great in theory because then I'm out at like nine o'clock in the morning and eight thirty in the morning, I can sleep and get up and stuff like that. But it's like completely completely destroying every bit of routine that I've had in the past like month and a half, especially with my workouts, my meal planning, everything that I'm I've been doing so flawlessly has been just like I don't want to say put on the back burner, but like just it's been so tough to adjust. And it's been super, super frustrating and you know, uh discouraging. Like today I got I I, I went in last night at eleven thirty PM, got out at eight. Um, and I was gonna go to the gym right after, but you know, I I didn't sleep. So, so like by the time you know all night, you're like, yeah, this is great. I'm feeling good. Can't wait to go. To, can't wait to go to the gym after I get get out of the shift. And then you're like, oh my god, I've got nothing in the tank. I have to go to sleep. So basically, what I'm gonna have to do now is after we finish this pod, I'm gonna have to find the courage to scrape myself off the chair and go to the gym for at least an hour. But, so I can just get some kind of rhythm back because it's just been it's been nice because you know, I've been busy. I've been getting a, sh- a crazy b- bunch of overtime, so it's like it's been it's been good financially kind of deal, but at the same time, um, I'm just ready for this holiday to be over so we can kind of just <laughs> relax for a second. Um, but so that's the big thing., uh, me and Katie went camping last weekend uh i was going to talk about it in the previous episode for last week but we didn't have one so i'm going to talk about it now it's literally all i ever want to do um and so i was just basically on cloud nine we 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 always try to go camping a couple times every summer and i was just like really itching for it so one day i just like booked uh, a campsite and said yeah we're going camping this day and she's like oh okay cool so it worked out um I go to this place called Stony Brook uh, in like Dansville, which is like an hour and a half from Buffalo. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's really great. We have no service. It's awesome. Um, but it really just led to this. I went on like, th- like three hikes with my friends and, and Katie. She doesn't like to hike that much, but she still, she she uh, she powers through it. She keeps up with my tree trunk legs the best she can. And I appreciate that. Um, but I just really like set this like fire on in my mind that I really want to just like go backpacking somewhere and like tent camp, like just like put a tent on my back and go be a frigging mountain man. Like you in the words of AJ uh, mountain man, Matt uh, just want want that to be my life for at least like for once to see if I actually want to do that. Have you ever done anything like that?
1: No, I really haven't. And it's really too bad because I really think it would bode well with me for some reason. Just never pulled the trigger. I never had yeah. another person that was like better at camping than I was that like picked me up and took me out. You know what I mean? Dude,
0: that's exactly what I'm going through right now. Really? Yeah, because I, like you, you can't just like go backpacking somewhere. You can't just be like, yeah, I'm just going to go somewhere. You got to be experienced. You got to know everything you need. You need to have a checklist of stuff. And like most of the time, you don't have all that stuff you need to just be. Like, I mean, obviously. There's different levels of survivalists, but like, I mean, you don't want to go unprepared and then risk something happening. And I feel like there's just like, I mean, there's like a couple people I know that I could probably reach out to and be like, yo, let's go do this and let's do this. Right. But at the same time, like, it's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the next step is.
1: Right. Right. No. See, I mean, like I've done two things that are pretty epic. Like one, I hiked the Alps, which was crazy. That's like, so sick. Oh, uh, it was so sick. Like, and, but the thing is it's like that was more hiking. So like I would hike X amount of kilometers a day, and then there'd be like huts. So like we knew the huts we were gonna be stopping at along the route. So at no point did I feel like I was like, oh man, we're screwed, like I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, there was there was like a destination during each hike that included mm-hmm. a place to sleep. Like, there was no, like, actual outdoorsness. And the same went for when I was at the North Pole. Like, I went to the North Pole. I was hiking mountains in the North Pole, like, in the island that I was in, Svalbard. But there was still a place for me to go sleep. You know what I mean? So, not quite quite as experienced in the art of, like, pitching a tent.
0: Yeah, but, buddy, you went to the North Pole. That's so sick
1: <laughs> it was crazy i that's, can't believe we, we never talked about this
0: no that's insane
1: yeah dude i saw the northern lights
0: you son of a bitch that's amazing
1: i know i'm There's so i'm so like mid-pop yeah
0: I it. no i mean I, i'm i'm all for it that's just like that's pro- that was probably life-changing
1: oh dude it was it totally was i'll send you the pic we oh, a, please uh, do we got a group chat of two, which is just our text messages to each other for uh old time hockey. Yes. But I'll, uh, I'll pop it in.
0: I love it. Sounds good. I'm going to wrap this up. Cause it's going to go a little <laughs> long if I, if I, if I keep going. <laughs> but um, other than that, I've been basically just working on my car a lot because I've neglected it for the past, like nine years. Um, I've only had it for two, but you know, that's how long it feels. Um, just need some TLC. Basically. I've been driving with an exhaust leak for the past few months and I got used to how shitty my car sounded, um, and drove that. I didn't even realize it. Um, basically that was pretty embarrassing when my buddy got in my car. he's like, buddy, you got an exhaust leak. I literally touched, I, I literally touched the gas pedal and he's like, you got an exhaust leak. I'm like, What? How is that? Like, how do people, like, I, I, I think I can like deal with cars pretty well, but like how people can just like get in a car and like diagnose something within like two seconds of just hearing something. I'm just like, you're insane. That's just, that's so cool.
1: (laughs) I know. I have a friend, Zach. That's like that too. He literally like got in my car once when we were going up to New Hampshire and he was like, you know, you're going to need brake pads soon. And it's like, no, dude, they're not like making that noise. He's like, watch, hit it hard. And then I like slammed. It was over. Unbelievable. (laughs) It's crazy. It's fully nuts.
0: Yeah. You got to appreciate having people like that. I mean, as much as you like, kind of like want to be like that person, but at the same time, it's nice to have that, that, like one or two people in your life that you can rely on just to like, be like, hey, is my car going to fall apart tomorrow? And they're like, yes, do something about it. (laughs) Um but just to wrap it up, you know, I tried my best not to really bring us down here with the vibes. Um, but the Sox have just uh the Red Sox have made me want to actually burn alive. Like if I could if I could find a way to exist after like setting myself on fire and, and like for fun, like I would just just to make a point for the Red Sox because that's how I feel watching them play baseball. And that's like kind of a terrible joke. And it's not even a joke, it's just me talking. But like um that's literally how it feels. That London series against the Yankees was absolutely pointless. Uh, literally, the biggest waste of two games I've ever watched. These people have never seen baseball before. Maybe they have, but probably not. Um, and they're seeing 30 runs in the first game, they're seeing 20 runs in the second game. Buddy, do you know how many games I've had to suffer through? Zero, zero for 16 innings. Like, and these people are just watching two games of, what 50 runs together get out of here it was it was absolutely pointless it, it made the socks even worse off than they were um i don't know and i try my best to be optimistic as a Sox fan because there really is a whole ha- other half of the season left to play that we're not even at the all-star break left but we're 44 and 40 and that's not good i don't know if you knew that the Sox won 113 games last year they're gonna win about 20 more, in my opinion, unless they can figure out this ballpen, if they can figure out what the hell their issue is, because the offense is there, you know, everyone's pretty much contributing the same as they usually do, but you got you've lost 17 games. If you're looking at their games, you've lost 17 games in the ninth inning. How could that possibly be a thing? 17 games in the ninth inning and you haven't double down on finding a closer to figure out what, what, like, what is the issue? You're just going to let Craig Kimbrell go away and sign somewhere else. Like absolutely nauseating as, as a Sox fan, especially a a, a fan who was so dialed in last year and watched the exact same team that we're watching right now, minus literally Craig, Craig Kimbrell. Like it's pathetic. So, I don't know. The Yankees are on a different planet right now. The Sox are bad. I want them to not be bad. That'd be great if they could do that. And with that being said, I think it's time to wrap up my Red Sox rant.
1: Yeah, dude. um, I don't know what to say. Red Sox are bad. Baseball is (laughs) an okay sport. And I think it's time to start talking about the insane amount of things that occurred in the NHL and beyond actually within hockey This past week, what would you say?
0: I think that'd probably be the best idea because that will probably take about six hours because of how much happened. Um, So if we can find a way to limit the six hour uh, runtime on this episode, I think that'd be very beneficial for everyone involved.
1: (laughs) Very well. So I think um, going in, I guess, chronological order, the first thing we should really dive in on is draft day. How do you feel about that?
0: But, I mean, I, I everything happened that I expected to happen. Like, I know we talked about um, whether Jack Hughes or Kako was going to go first or second, who was going to do what. It pretty much went exactly how I think everybody realistically thought. Um, and I think, you know, everyone's pretty happy with w- w- what their their picks were. Um, I know the Rangers fans are on a – Whole different planet right now of happiness, um, which we will definitely dive into a little more as we go through here. Um, but yeah, wh- how about you? How did you think it went?
1: Dude, so I honestly have a lot that I want to talk about in regards to this draft. Um, and it's all mostly like first round stuff. Like I think I'd be lying if I said that I knew every single person that was drafted. Like I watch the you know world juniors just like a lot of other hockey fans do um i try and study up on these guys as much as i can but i mean at the end of the day it is really really difficult to figure out exactly who each player is going to be i mean if people had a better system then there wouldn't be crazy misses like there are in the nhl draft all the time i mean yeah if i just run down this list i mean i could probably talk about every player Like, at least my opinion on most of them for a little bit. My number one thing that I see, obviously, Jack Hughes pops out, um, going number one overall to the New Jersey Devils. If you're talking about the Rangers improving their team... Oh, buddy. Buddy. I think the Devils improved even more so, A, by getting a center in Jack Hughes, which is huge, and ultimately... These are the two reasons why I think Jack Hughes was drafted over Capo Caco. Number one, because he is a center and there's a huge priority right now on centers in this league. And then number two, I just think that there is a European versus North American factor for better or worse. Now, what I mean by that is people will always look at Jack Hughes and say, Jack Hughes was familiar with the NHL growing up. He grew up in Toronto. He is a U.S. player, but grew up playing hockey in Toronto, played in the GTHL, did the whole thing. And he knows what it's like to live in an NHL city, like the level of idealizing that happens, and is familiar with the North American game, which is what the NHL is. The NHL is the North American game. So for those those reasons, I think it's kind of a no-brainer to me that Jack Hughes went number one and Capo Caco went two even if Kako had a sick tourney, I mean, I don't know. I I think that the right decision was made by taking Jack Hughes first is really what I'm trying to say more than anything else. And I'd be really curious to know if you think the same Matt, or if you think that Capo Kako could have been the number one.
0: I think we talked about it pretty, pretty heavily through the, throughout the tournament um, that it was very possible that uh, Capo Kako was going to go first over Jack Hughes just because of that, what he did in the tournament. But if you you I'm glad I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not surprised that Jack Hughes went first It's probably the the right pick, but like at the same time, obviously everything that Capo did during that tournament it like gave him more more initiative you know just more of a upper hand, but I still think that it went the way it should have went um the devil like what like you said dude the devils in they're, they're going to be a completely different team next year as, long, as well as the Rangers. So I don't know. I think both both teams are going to be benefiting for a long time from both these players. But I definitely think that if if you were to ask me, I think I think Jack Hughes definitely goes first. I, I think that's just a no-brainer.
1: Cool. I'm glad we're kind of on the same page with that. I mean, at the end of the day, there's such a good chance that Capo Caco ends up being the best player out of that draft. I don't want to make it sound like there isn't, but I'm just saying from the standpoint of who are you going to draft when you're number one and when you have all these players available, it would be really hard slash, for me, impossible to not pick Jack Hughes. And yeah. I think his skill alone kind of warrants that sort of respect. Um The next thing that I want to talk about, actually, just going straight down. So we did one, two. Chicago Blackhawks, through some ridiculous fortune, end up with a third overall pick. And... <laughs> Now, Matt, I don't know. do Do you know a lot about Kirby Doc?
0: I do not. i I am if you when you were talking about how like you're you do your best to research and watch the Juniors and stuff, I try my best, but I feel like I am miserable at like following right. prospects in in the regards of like you know seeing who's going to come through the, I mean, obviously you get it's, it's I feel like it's the same thing every year you get the you get the top names that you kind of dial into like you know Eichel and McDavid you know what but etc etc those kind of names um but if i were to like sit here and go down the list here i i'm i'm kind of grasping at straws
1: right right and th- i i think honestly a lot of a lot of outlets are in that same boat. But to me, I looked at the Kirby Dock pick as a pick that Chicago is probably going to want back. Um, at number three, you had a lot of really, really good players available to you. Um, the number four pick, Bowen Byram, and the number five picks, Alec Turcott. both to me seemed like safer picks. I think that the Chicago Blackhawks kind of got hungry at the idea of having someone that could be like Jonathan Taves and someone that could be shaped to play like Jonathan Taves. I mean, Kirby Doc played in the WHL. He had not great numbers. I mean, this past year, he had 73 points in 62 games, which is obviously very, very good, and I don't want to make it sound like it isn't. But, I mean, the year before that, he had 46, and in 19 games two years before that, he had 10 points. So it's not like it's he had this like crazy season at any point. He's just... Looked at as a really solid two way player to me, that's like a third or fourth liner. And a third or fourth liner really shouldn't be who you're picking at number three. To me, they need so much help on defense with an aging Brent Seabrook and an aging Duncan Keith that not going Bowen Byram to me just seemed absolutely crazy. And if you were looking for offensive upside, you go Alex Turcott. Yeah, I, am I crazy that's, or I, I don't you're know. not, cr- I mean, you know.
0: You're not crazy at all. I mean, just just looking at their defense right now, um, the fact that they had an opportunity to take a defenseman in in their first pick uh, and they didn't is is strange. Obviously, we you know we're we're trying. I think you nailed it with the whole uh, Jonathan Taves thing. Um, they're definitely trying to resemble. A Taves and you know, who how who knows how long Jonathan Taves is going to stick around for? I mean, how, I don't know how many more years he's going to be playing, or even you know, with the Blackhawks or just playing in general. Um, but like at the same time, like you got Alex. I mean, Alex Turcotte. I've I've heard more about him than Kirby Doc, and that says enough right there for me. Cause for for me who <laughs> uh, for for someone who's not a hundred percent dialed into these prospects and stuff. Um, to to know a name over another name going too too higher, that that's just kind of it's kind of it's kind of a tough way to look at it. But yeah, I, I think I think you I don't think you're crazy at all. <laughs> I, I I definitely think they need some help in the defense for sure. So I, I'm not sure exactly.
1: And he would have been a player that is on an entry level contract for at least the next three years, assuming that he plays right away. If he doesn't play right away and he goes back to the WHL, then you're going to be set for a really long time. Um, Other than that, I mean, in the top seven, the only other defenseman that went um, and I think kind of surprised people was Moritz Sider, went number six to the Detroit Red Wings, and that kind of caught a couple of people off guard, but Steve Yeiserman has been known to do pretty good things, so uh, I don't know. It could work out totally fine. Um, Did you see
0: what happened to Dylan Cousins?
1: I just saw that he went seven to the Sabres. I don't know what what do you mean by what
0: happened? Oh, I'm surprised you didn't see the video. Uh, there was either there was like a shot in practice or uh, in development camp. Um, he either like f- completely broke his thumb or like fractured his thumb. Like his hand was mangled. I can't re- I can't remember if um, if it was him getting slashed or him blocking a shot or what it was. I can't I don't remember. All I remember was seeing the video of him like skating to the bench. And his hand out of his glove, and it just looked like a, a fake hand because of how mangled it up, mangled up it was. So, you know, obviously, I'm gonna mention the Sabers pick because that's just that's how I work, I guess. Um, but at the same time, you you don't want to see a a young kid like that already starting from behind before the season even starts for anybody. So, I'm surprised you didn't see that. That's tough.
1: No, I didn't see that. That's tough. I mean, you're in Buffalo, so you're probably getting like extra exposed. to That sort of a thing.
0: I think it was. Uh, uh, I think I saw it through Bar Down's Instagram. And I think, oh, that's probably why. I don't think you follow them.
1: I don't. Because I, I, I,
0: um, I always try to, I always try to send you stuff, and you're like, I don't follow them. I'm like, okay.
1: Yeah, send it. To, <laughs> send it to Old Time Hockey. I'll look at it. I will, for sure. Um. So yeah. Other than that, um, there were just a couple other names that I just want to throw at you. Uh, the first name is Vasily Podkazilin Pod. Colson, really (laughs) ridiculous name. Vancouver Canucks got him in number 10. And the understanding is that he is literally the number three overall pick in this draft if he isn't signed with Russia. So if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan and you're thinking about like two or three years down the road when this kid is that much more developed and coming over, oh my gosh, your team is looking set with Elias Pettersson, with him, with Brock Besser. I, I... Oh, Horvath. I mean, like honestly, there's so much skill in Vancouver. Quinn Hughes, yeah. there's so much skill in Vancouver. You have so much to be excited about. So congratulations on landing another top
0: three talent. Huge. I always next guy I, before yeah. you jump on. I always find it like way cool when teams that have been struggling for quite a bit finally like start making you know, really cool moves, and they have young talent. Like, like I know Vancouver last year was like pretty fun to watch, even just with this Pedersen kid. Like, and to know the young talent that they have, and now they just added another real good kid uh, onto their roster. Like, their future is very bright for Vancouver. And I, I like you said, if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, I think you should definitely be excited. You should definitely be ready to dial back into your team if you've t- you know if you've taken the put them on the back burner. It, it's going to be, it's going to be fun for, for the years coming. So congratulations to the Canucks. Cause I feel like obviously when you're talking about a 10th overall here, you're not really dialing into their, you know, like coverage of their team, but like if you really break down their roster and what they have coming in the future, it's, it's going to be fun for a few years here.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. They're, they, they're ecstatic as well. They should be next. Um, the only other two guys I really wanted to talk about just really briefly, just because I think they're interesting picks. Number one, first goalie is Spencer Knight went to the Florida Panthers who have basically solidified that they will have a top fleet goalie for the next 55 years <laughs> because between the, and we're going to talk about this more, the signing of Sergey Bobrovsky and now the drafting of Spencer Knight who will be ready to go probably in like three years. And it's going to make you question that Bobrovsky signing. I mean... They are so set in the pipes. Like they should be so ridiculously happy. And you know, good for him. Good on Spencer Knight. So many U.S. players drafted in this draft. It's so, so many. This was our year. This was our year. USA Hockey. So glad that that happened. That is really cool. DC product. Really, really stoked for him. My alma mater shining through. Really stoked. Good on you, Spencer Knight. Congratulations. And then last. 15th overall, Cole Caulfield went to the Canadiens, who have once again found a small sniper... Who is ready to probably be the best natural goal scorer in this entire draft at 15? He's going to be so sick, dude. So lucky. So, like, how do the Canadians get that at 15? That's insane. That's
0: the best point. I'm so glad you said that. When you sit here and look down one through, you know, just looking down the draft list and you see how late Cole Caulfield went, holy hell. That's nuts. That's just absolutely nuts. I mean, obviously. You look at you're seeing a lot of centers, you see some defensemen, obviously with Spencer Knight being the only goalie, but the fact that he went 15 blows my mind cuz this kid is going to be ridiculous. He's probably the only other name on this this draft list that I can really like talk about without, you know, feeling like I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like he's, he's, he's so sick and Montreal's another team that's making some moves, making some changes. And they, they might be able to finally be that force again. Cause it's, it's, I mean, they, I want to say they haven't, cause they've been a, a throwing everyone's side like consistently, even, even last year they had an opportunity to go to the playoffs. They just missed it. And you just, I, I feel like this could be really huge for them for sure.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Right. Couldn't agree more. And, by the way, 8th ranked North American skater, Cole Caulfield. So sick. Just take that for what it is. Yep. All right. So, moving on, we definitely hit this draft. Feel really comfortable with saying what I said in the draft. Um, Would you rather do free agency or trades? Your call. Lead the way.
0: Well, there are a lot more free agencies than trades, but... I'm just really excited to talk about the free agency, <laughs> so I think we should just go straight into the free agency because today alone was bananas. B a n a n a s.
1: <laughs> I'm really glad you spelled that correctly. I had a.
0: Feeling I literally to had to. Too, I so had to so I think about like- it. I had to think about it midway. I was like, "Wait, how many N's did I say?" <laughs>
1: I knew I could tell. I could totally <laughs> was tell. it that, that obvious? So funny. Oh, oh yeah, it was. God. Man, absolutely.
0: Perfect. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad everyone knows that my spelling is it, it worked. You know, it, it's adequate, but it, not with a little bit of hesitation.
1: So which ones are jumping out to you, dude, dude. which ones did you like? Which ones didn't you?
0: I don't want to like, I don't want like, to jump right into the big ones because obviously there's some really huge ones in here that, um, Everyone was waiting for um, Joe Pavelski going to the stars. That one shook me up a bit. Love Joey Pavelski. Love, you know what he did, what he, what he's done for the sharks over the past 13 years is, is nothing to take lightly. He's a great hockey player. I loved his energy. I love his, his leadership. And I know he's going to be very, very missed on, on the sharks team. Um, but I mean, that, that one, seeing that one was, I don't want to say shocking because you knew he was a free agent, but I don't know. How do you feel about him going to the stars?
1: Honestly, I think it's a good place and I think now would probably be a really good time to also loop in Corey Perry. just about also yep. signed with the stars today. So it's, it's cool that the stars are making moves. I think the Corey Perry signing is a good depth signing. And then I think that obviously Joe Pavelski's a player that everybody can definitely attest to how good he is in the locker room and that sort of thing. But I don't know. It's just one of those things that, I mean, if Patrick Marlowe goes back to the Sharks now, the sea's available. Wouldn't it be really cool to have the guy get the sea again? That would be I'm sick. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there.
0: I always forget about Patrick Marlowe and, like, the fact that he has an po- opportunity to come back to the Sharks and how welcomed he would be to come back to the Sharks um, by everyone in San Jose. Um, I think that could be really, really cool for him, especially, you know, he's got X amount of limited, very limited years left in his gameplay. Um, I'm sure he's going to try to find a way if he can make it back to San Jose. I'm sure he'll try to find a make a way to retire there. Um, but yeah, man, that's that C that C is now available. That's going to be another thing that's gonna be nice and interesting to see what san jose does whether they if they bring in you know an older guy like him or if you know joe thornton resigns or i don't know i don't know who who do you think could take the C in san jose right now with their current with their current roster
1: you could definitely just give it back to joe i mean obviously joe thornton knows what it's like to be a captain he's been in multiple places he's held that C before and until he goes you could keep it there if Patrick Marlowe doesn't get done. Although all indications are that he will. Yeah. Or you give it back to Patrick Marlowe. or you can go somewhere else. But I mean, I think it's likely that one of those two guys will end up with the C by the time the season starts again. It just, it's just the most logical thing to do.
0: For sure. I, I agree. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to, to watch. I, I, I love this part. It's always so funny. Cause I once like, the Stanley Cup happened, we were all me and you were both very like, Oh, I'm so glad it's you know, it's it's crazy that it's over, but now it's like the fun part. Like obviously regular season playoffs, Stanley Cup final is always so fun, but now all these moves going left and right, you're you know, you're head spinning every single time you look at NHL.com. So I I'm just I'm really dialed in here. I'm really excited about it. Um, another big one that uh got to me before we jump into the really really serious ones um Wayne Simmons signed with the Devils and that's another one that um you know we talk about the Devils and what what they're trying to do and the improvements that they're making I think that's going to be huge I think he I I love Wayne Simmons play I think he's a very exciting very um very important to the energy and the aggressiveness uh, of your team. Um, Every time that kid steps on the ice, he is, you know, he's rolling like a train. Um, So to have somebody like that um, with this, with, with, with the additions to the devil's team, I think is going to be really, really cool. Um, And I mean, I don't know. I can't say, I can't say enough about Wayne Simmons. I, 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 there was a time period where I didn't, didn't like him but I think it's just because he was with Philly (laughs) and I just, I, it's hard for me to gravitate towards anyone on Philly. Um, But who knows? We'll, we'll see how this one worked out here. Uh, What do you feel about it?
1: I just think that that particular signing was probably mostly a result of ratio just trying to load up and be the best team that the devils could possibly be in order to keep Taylor Hall there because Boy, do they want to keep Taylor Hall there yeah. with Jack Hughes, with Nico Heesher. I mean, there's just a lot of reason for upside in New Jersey. And this is just an all-in-attempt. I mean, we're gonna talk about the PK band trade, but that's just another example of it. Oh yeah. Um another another signing that I actually thought was really, really cool was Vitaly Philpola yeah. went back to Detroit, which was awesome. I was super stoked for him, and it just Seemed like it made sense. That means that Stevie Y played, I think he played with Philpola, like right when Philpola was starting and right when he was ending. But regardless, very familiar with Philpola. Then signs him when Philpola goes to Tampa Bay and then signs him again to come back to Detroit. I always thought Philpola was a really useful player. And at this stage of his career, obviously winding down to get him at a low number and come in and help out a Detroit team that all indications are that they're probably not going to have that great of a year. It's just cool to see. I don't know. That was just like a little like, Ooh, that's interesting kind of signing to me. I hope that works out well. For
0: sure. And like, I bet you nailed it right on the head. They're probably not going to have the greatest year. um, But because they have been on the decline for quite a bit of time here, um, I think it's wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to see them. Turn a turn a corner, turn a turn a page here, um, and I think this could uh, you know help everybody in the process. Um, you know, having someone like him come back, I think it's awesome.
1: I think it's time we got we got to talk about the big gun. We got to talk about the fact that there were two players circled on as many teams' lists as possible. They were Artemi Panarin went to the Rangers today. Seven years, like literally point one million dollars more than matthews which i just thought was so douchey yeah and then <laughs> matt duchene signed with the predators which i think a lot of people kind of speculated based on matt duchene liking country music like such a weird <laughs>
0: was that seriously a thing that people were saying no that was a
1: real thing like no like way. people in toronto especially we're talking about they were like you know, Matt Duchesne really likes his country music and Nashville has been looking at him. I bet they signed him. And it's like, did that really have that much of a factor on Matt Duchesne that he like plays guitar sometimes? <laughs> sometimes <it's> <laughs> he
0: like, played guitar <laughs> once on a you know, in video and now he's a country artist. No, that's, that's funny. You said that. Um, oh dude I don't I just don't know why like yeah I'm fine with the
1: signing I think Matt Duchesne for what was it like like something like eight million AAV I feel like that's actually a really good signing oh uh, him creds who are up against the cap like that's like impressive that they got him for that number yeah but I just like the reasoning and like that I was hearing from like these like large media outlets I was like give me a break this has way more to do with Matt Duchesne the hockey player than Matt Duchesne the guitar player that's
0: where I'm going with right now I was like when you said that i'm i'm just completely separating myself from the fact that that's a thing and that people were talking about that because that literally lights a fire under my skin because like this is a hockey player getting a hockey contract playing hockey in a city if he likes country music and he likes the atmosphere there cool leave it at the door Let's talk about hockey. Let's talk about why he's going there and that's it. Cause I mean, before last season in that one video that surfaced, I had no idea this dude even played guitar. And I don't care. <laughs> like I just want him, you know, like I think the Matt Duchesne signing in Nashville is awesome. I think it'll be very good for the Predators, especially for the price they got him for. Um, but other than that, I mean, I don't understand why I, I, that's just how the media is. They'll they'll run with anything. So Sorry for going on a tangent there, but that one that one was definitely sick. I and especially for what they got him for, that you can't you can't compete with that, especially with the cap issues that Nashville's going to uh have um but also, I mean, he's just such a good player. Like he I think he's going to be able to um adjust and play some really really good hockey and maybe they could finally get a cup in Nashville. I don't know. Um, but Artemi Panarin, that one, I mean, you know, you heard a bunch of it. You saw him going to, to, to MSG and meet with the Rangers. It was definitely the biggest talk uh, and definitely the biggest, um, you know, rumor. Uh, and the fact that they got it done is just, I mean, the, Ran- the Rangers are all in right now. They are they are rolling. Um, you know, with the true trade that we'll talk about, that's huge. You got Kako. Now you got Panarin, it's just it's just constant positives for this Rangers team that had a really rough year last year. Um and they're just trying to find the light and they have found it and they're running with it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that the Rangers are in a good spot. They definitely accelerated their rebuild and I know a lot of people are saying that, but it is true. It is true. By bringing in a winger like Artemi Panarin, They're talking about actually trading out Chris Kreider right now, which I don't know if that makes sense. I think that Chris Kreider on your second line is really, really good shape. But I don't know. It's just something that they are talking about. But I don't know. In general, the Rangers are looking good, man. I don't think there's any reason to worry if you're a Rangers fan. I mean, how many people are it's a lot like it's like yeah. really the biggest market in the entire nhl i think i wanted to
0: get my cousin brian back on here and let him let him just vent for a, an hour of happiness he's been, let your cousin loose yeah let, let him loose cut the leash off because he's he's been living his best life his past couple weeks <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i believe i believe it i still don't think the rangers are like ready to go i think that the perception here is that the rangers are like officially a playoff team again and I'm not ready to say that just yet to be totally honest with you but I definitely think there's reason for optimism.
0: You just want my cousin to hate you. That's what you're trying to say. That's what you're. <laughs> I'm that kidding. What I'm trying. Kidding. To say. I still <laughs> don't
1: think. I still don't think they have the top six depth to be able to like compete for a Stanley Cup by any means.
0: We're gonna have to get him on here, and you guys are just gonna have to debate, and it'll be so funny. Um, but no. I, oh, dude, no.
1: me in a debate. I like. I like. I like shrink.
0: I'm just. Like, I'm yeah, the dude. same way, dude. I, yeah, dude. Yeah, for d- sure, dude. For sure, definitely. Uh, definitely um <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely. that's my that, that would mean me in a debate just be like ah, uh, sure you got it bud um cool let's keep let's keep rolling because there's seriously like 12 more on this list here um you want me to, uh, how about we just uh well let's go to the next one that's the biggest one um sergey bobrovsky so I signed with Florida. That was another big one that we were uh, wondering where he was going to end up. Um, it was funny because before I saw this, I saw like, I can't remember if it was a tweet or if I saw it somewhere um, that they're like Panarin and Bobrovsky Bar- Bar- are a package deal. You don't break those the, them up. And it like literally like made me start thinking, I'm like, damn, like, What if they really are like, what if that's like, like, what if they wanted to go together and play together and be somewhere? And like, obviously seeing the outcome of this, that was all just someone being funny. Um, But at the same time, this is huge for Florida. Absolutely huge. Um, but is just time and time again. I mean, he's a goal you can rely on. You saw what he did in the playoffs. He's got the history, he's got the experience. Um, and I think that's what Florida has been lacking. I mean, obviously, you had Luongo. Um, you can't compare him to anything. Um, but I just feel like this like gray area of goaltending in Florida, um, is. Over, I think Bobrovsky can really come in there and give them a solid, a solid rock behind them, and hopefully, you know, bring bring more fans to the arena and you like give give them a team because they've made some other cool uh, moves here too. I mean, I, I feel like they they can be a relevant hockey team again. There, and I, I I you never want to see a team just like barely exist. I guess you should say, but like. I don't know. I think Florida is on the up right now, and I think this is the first step.
1: Yep, I would definitely agree with that. The only thing that I will say about this, and we could talk about this forever, and I mean we're like pretty much already at an hour on this episode, Sergei Brabovsky's contract is going to look atrocious at the end of the contract. It was like seven years, 10 millions. Carey Price makes 10.5, and he is like inequivocally the best goalie, and even he gets talked about of having too big of a contract. Sergey Brabrovsky, who has won one round in the playoffs in his entire career, getting $10 million, that is a hard overpay with Spencer Knight coming up. Now, wow. did they solidify goaltending? Yes, they did. They did a really good job at that. Is this contract going to be brutal come year like five, six, seven? Oh, yeah, it is because you bet your bottom dollar you cannot trade him. You can't trade them. You're going to have to package like three first round picks to get that contract off of your back. That's insane. That's not, I just had to say, no, it. I, I I didn't
0: realize. I, I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize the, it was that much. That's crazy. That's gonna. That's, that's insane. Wow. I don't know, man. That's, I think you nailed it with the, they're going to probably have some issues in the future with that contract. I can't believe that dude. 10 million against carry price 10.5. They're like on the opposite yep. sides of the spectrum.
1: Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, big time. And I mean, like the other thing too is like people are gonna start talking about like people used to talk about Tuka Rask's contract being brutal. When you look at his contract in comparison to the Sergei Brobowski contract and the fact that Tukarask has brought the Bruins to two Stanley Cup finals, oh forget it. Forget it. <laughs> it's not it's not it's a non comparison. Yeah. It's a non-comparison.
0: They're they're on def, they're definitely on different sides of the spectrum there. You can't you can't really like put one next to each other. And the fact that their contracts look like that is pretty bonkers. But hey, it is what it is. Not our problem. <laughs> it's Florida's problem. Nope, exactly. <laughs> GM's problem yeah. is everywhere. All right, so I think this would be a good time to um kind of just like roll down the rest of these. Those were the big, 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 big hitters. Uh, there's obviously some other really good ones in here, um, like Matt Zuccarello getting uh, signed by the Wild. Um, that kind of wasn't... What What happened with the trade? If he signed with Dallas, it helped the Rangers more, correct?
1: Yeah, exactly. They would have gotten like an extra second-round pick or something like that, if I remember uh, correctly.
0: So that's, that stinks for Rangers fans, but at the same time, I don't think Rangers fans are having that big of an issue with it because of all the success they're having in this uh, off season right now. Um, But definitely I know a lot of people who were banking on him to sign with the stars so they can get that. Um, But I think Matt Zuccarello, I I can't talk about him enough. We, you know, we pumped him and the pod uh, pretty heavily when he got traded, especially, you know, when he, he went down, um, he, wherever that dude plays, he's going to make an impact. Uh, and the wild are another one of those teams that, um, are just, they're there. They're constantly a, a good force to talk, like to talk about and to watch. Um, and I think this will be a, a good piece for this team. I, I like, I like this one a lot.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a good signing too. I think Matt Zuccarello is obviously a really great player and a really cool player. And obviously he'll fit in really well with the wild. Um, the next player we wanted to talk about, like like you said, we're just running down this list at this point and probably don't need to talk about them as heavily. Uh, Jason Spezza signed with the Leafs for pretty much the minimum of what he'll sign for. And, you know, that's a good depth center signing for the Leafs. You're looking at your top four centers, so all your centers being Matthews, Tavares, um, Kadri, and then Jason Spezza forget it yeah like forget it that's insane that's that's the most stacked team down the middle in the entire league and no one can convince
0: me otherwise it's so funny thinking about jason spezza and where he's came from like it, it, it's crazy that he's still playing it's, it's awesome that he's still playing but like thinking about the ottawa senators jason spezza compared to him getting tossed around a little bit on the team to team um kind of if I feel like this is just like a good spot for him um to maybe find his I mean it's not that he wasn't impactful in Dallas, but it wasn't the same player. Obviously he's gotten older, obviously. But I think going back to Toronto like a Canadian team, being around that atmosphere, being around those young kids and the, the you know, the energy that the Leafs have, I think it's gonna be sick. I think it's gonna be really cool. And I, I hope that he can be uh the force that he used to be again. excuse me uh moving i just think it's cool just because
1: it's a depth thing like it's just like he knows that he is not necessarily like that high level of a player anymore and he didn't it's not like he signed a yeah ridiculous contract it was just like a cool depth sign. that's and that's
0: i feel like that's huge when a player can accept that be like yo i'm clearly not the superstar that i used to be um but i still want to play hockey and you're gonna give me a chance and i'll be whatever you need me to be and that's basically what happened here. So that's pretty cool. Uh, rolling down. Tyler Myers signs with the Canucks. Um, another another positive for the Canucks. I I, I liked uh, Tyler Myers back when he was with Buffalo. Uh, when he went to the Jets, he was a huge uh, you know a key key defenseman for them. He he's a, he's a big guy. He's he moves the puck pretty well, especially with uh, uh, you know maturing over the years. I think he's been really able to dial in his game. Um, Got a killer shot. Everything. I I, I I don't know. He's not one of the best defensemen out there right now, but you can't, you can't say he's not going to be uh, a good, good addition for the Canucks here. Um, yeah. What, what did you uh, think about this one?
1: I thought it was an overpay for sure. I think Tyler Myers is a good player, but I think they're just looking at a big guy that has potential to maybe play on your second power play. I, I, I like Tyler Myers a lot, but I just don't like him at that number.
0: What was the number? I didn't see the number.
1: 7 million a
0: year. Oh, boy. All right. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a little steep. How many years was that yeah, one?
1: I think it was 7 years. I think it was 7 years, 7 million per. Holy hell. Let me double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's it. You can yeah. go the next.
0: All right. Um, Richard Panic signed with the Caps. Uh, I don't really know much about Richard Panic. Do you? I know he came from the Coyotes, right?
1: He's just a depth guy. I don't think there's really much to say about him other than that. He's just going to be like a halfway decent player.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like most of these signings, like at this point, like you're looking at Panic, like Mike Smith going to the Oilers, like that's fine. Like he's just going to play a backup role to Koskinen, which is just an awful goaltending tandem. Yeah. It's um, on Strawman going to the Panthers, sure. Like that's like a bottom, bottom like – I don't know, like a maybe a four or five defenseman somewhere in that ballpark can probably play four spot if you need him to. Will likely be better off in the five. Cam Talbot going to the Flames is going to back up David Riddick. Like they're they're all just they're all just depth signings at this point. The only other one that really jumps out to me is Timo Meyer re signing with the Sharks, and then Gustav Nyquist signing with the Blue Jackets. Yeah, those two were the other two that I thought were kind of relevant. And
0: Donskoy going to the Avs.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. That's definitely a decent signing. I know the the Flyers were trying heavily to go into on him, and they didn't get him. Obviously, the Avs did, and it's a decent signing for them too. The Avs are in really good shape, and their top six is going to be very, very deep
0: for sure. And the other two that I saw, just to wrap it up, we'll just Ryan Murray re-signed with the Blue Jackets, and Brett Connolly signed with the Panthers. So. That's uh, up to date right now, looking at the the tracker. I know if we really sat down, there's probably more that maybe have come through, but th- that's when things can get messy. so for for right now, that's what we got for the free agency. Uh, lots of moves, lots of lots of big names, lots of, you know pretty much all over the spectrum here, deaf guys, top guys, no no matter what. I mean, and you look through here, lots lots of names. Um, but so there has been some pretty big trades too. Hasn't there?
1: Definitely, and I mean your Sabers are actually part of two of two the of them that happened most recently, and I think both of them are good
0: trades for them. I th- I agree because me me and my buddies we talk at work, and you know everyone's you know you're just you're from Buffalo you're talking about the Sabers no matter what, um, and I feel like the biggest thing for the Sabers right now, obviously locking up Skinner was huge, um. And now the fact that they're getting named players, like I don't want to say big name players, obviously Jimmy Vc's got a little bit of an upper hand here with his, you know, around him, but to have named players coming into Buffalo that have history, you know, just people that are known, like I think it's huge for the Sabres and for the Buffalo, uh, Buffalo uh, organization at all, just to have people who want to come to Buffalo, um, and and play hockey. That's like, just huge. There's there's been some bright spots. Obviously, a ton of dark dark spots over the past years. But I feel like this year could. I'm not even going to possibly say, oh, this is the year they're going to make the playoffs. Blah blah blah. Like I'm I'm a I'm a Buffalo Sabres realist over uh, a, an optimist because it's just it's been so many years of um, frustration that it's not even worth it to be, because it, it's just every year the, whether it's the Buffalo Bills or the Buffalo Sabres everyone's like oh this is the year we're going to make it like fuck, just relax okay we're we're still rebuilding we're still we're still trying to add some pieces here and they did that with this they got the Jimmy Jimmy VC trade uh for a 2021 third round pick you know that's that's not bad i like it jimmy jimmy vc was uh good in new york he's a fast kid he's a good goal scorer i think he can play really well with um i don't know where he'd end up which line he would end up probably probably a second line maybe third it just depends on what we're looking at here um but i think regardless i think it's a good, a good pickup for the sabers um and then colin miller from vegas um that's that's gonna be really really sick on, on D. Um he got they got him for a twenty twenty one second round pick from the blues um and a fifth round pick in twenty twenty two. So that's basically a steal um for a, a good defenseman like that. Um and hey man, that's positives for the Sabres.
1: Definitely I think um it's really interesting too because the Sabres had actually identified Jimmy VC as being someone that they wanted Years ago, when he was coming out of Harvard, they traded for his rights from Nashville to try and get him signed. And they didn't get him, obviously. And then he ended up signing with the Rangers. But it was just interesting to see that, you know, full circle, he ends up back with the Sabers. And I've always talked highly about Colin Miller as well. I think he was a really good player. And I thought that the Bruins were pretty dumb, leaving him available to the Vegas Golden Knights in the expansion draft instead of like Kevin Miller, who, you know, Kevin Miller ended up having a decent comeback as well but i think colin miller is the better player and i think the sabers get a pretty decent player out of this trade as well so good on both of you for that um the other big trade probably the the biggest name trade after the draft which which was the pk suban trade would be the phil kessel trade he went from the pittsburgh penguins over into the desert for alex galchenyuk and pierre oliver joseph I don't know. I mean, to me, even still, Phil Kessel is the best player in this trade. And if you look at it from the best player barometer, good on the Yotes. Pretty pretty stoked for them. That's actually really cool to like get a big name player. They don't really have many of them. So
0: for sure. That was uh I feel like me and you appreciate Phil Kessel for what he is. Um, you know, a Stanley Cup champion. Um so <laughs> <Stanley Cup. laughs> I set you up for it. I know you you always do that and I love it. Um I I I think that Phil Kessel is um a steal, honestly. If, if people think that he is, you know, running out of gas here, he's he's like the most natural, I don't know. Like if you look at I'm not I'm not going to sit here and shame Phil Kessel. If you look at Phil Kessel compared to other hockey players, he's clearly not the most in shape and like crazy, you know, fit guys, but buddy, does he hold his own? Does he hustle every shift? Does he score goals? Kid, the the, the dude is nuts. And the fact that I feel like he's getting tossed around a little bit, you know, it's, it, I know me and you talked about with the Leafs, um, when they let him go, you, you kind of were a little weirded out about that. It's the same thing here. Um, I don't know. I think it's just huge for the Coyotes um, to have a big name like him come in. He's going to be able to score goals. He's going to be able to make an impact. I, I, I don't know. I think it's really cool, like you said, to have a big name going into the desert. Because, I mean, besides what Derek Stepan and uh, what, OKL, I, I, I mean, who else is who else is in Arizona right now that you could like big name guys that you can you can name?
1: Well, they don't they don't have it. That's why exactly. I mean this is their biggest name player now. And he like technically probably becomes, I mean, Oliver Ekman Larson is the face of the franchise because they want him to be, but Phil Kessel is the player. Most people are familiar with at this point. And for good reason, I mean, he's, he's a very entertaining, quirky dude.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I would just like to correct myself of the OKL to OEL every single time I do his initials. Because of the Ekman, I just put a K instead of an E. <laughs> I was gonna say something, Dude. but I'm glad you said it. No, I, that's really funny. I, I'm just a, I'm just a goof, but whatever. Love it. I I, I think Love it's it. huge for really, the Coyotes. Going to be really cool to see a big name in there. Hopefully, <clears throat> attract more players to come there. You know, um. But yeah, for sure, really really cool. Obviously, you mentioned the PK Subban trade. That one kind of. I mean, did you expect that?
1: Well, there were rumblings that he was going to go somewhere, and New Jersey was one of the teams. Toronto was another team, and Vancouver was another team that were talked about going after him. If Toronto got the, got him, I have no idea how they would have possibly been able to sign another player for the next five years, but that I was kind of you know wishful thinking, hoping that was going to happen. Yeah. But no, when he went to the Devils, I said to myself, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's a franchise that's really looking for... You know a spark and PK Subban is the definition of a spark, absolutely so good on them. I love that player, I, I think he's so entertaining, and I think he'll probably thrive being the number one in um, that location as opposed to playing, you know, second fiddle to Roman Yossi.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and it's just continuously talking about the devils like <clears throat> the, what they're they're they just they just grew so much strength on that team in so many, so many different aspects, and I think it's going to be huge. Um, and it's one of those things where you know I feel like people give PK Subban a lot of uh, crap with oh, he's overpaid this or that. Like whether he's overpaid or not, um, he's a really good hockey player. He's a really good body to have in the locker room, um, especially you know rallying the boys leadership what he does for the community everywhere he goes um you know there's it, just so many positives that come with pk Subban, and i'm um, i couldn't be happy for happier for him um i'm glad he didn't go to a team that i loathe <clears throat> because you know when he was in montreal it was hard to hard to watch him hard to support him besides just on a hockey standpoint not a human standpoint but i was i was happy when he went to nashville um originally and you know all the good things that's happening for the devils right now i i think this is be uh this is another really big really big really cool thing for this this organization and be excited to see how he adjusts and takes on his new role in new jersey for sure um next one i have uh is andrew shaw it's going back to chicago for a 2020 2022nd pick 2027th pick and a 2021 third pick. I think that's insane. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong.
1: I think Andrew Shaw is such a like depth player, and to give up a second and a third for a depth player, and then to trade seventh, yeah, it makes such little sense to me. I, I think Andrew Shaw is like an agitator, and he was probably a better agitator in Chicago than he was in Montreal. Agreed. But like Chicago isn't the same team they were when he was on this last one. I mean, obviously, Taze and Kane are still there, but, like, Joel Quenville and um, their current coach, Colleton? I Collison? I can't never get it right. But, like, they're very different coaches. Like, Colleton, like, literally lets them wheel, whereas Joel Quenville was significantly more structured. So if they're expecting, like, a similar Andrew Shaw, I feel like that's really... I don't know. It's just probably a bad call to me. And then you lose a second and a third and a team like Chicago really needs a second and a third round pick.
0: Yeah. That's uh, that was just my biggest, my, my biggest, when I was looking at that one, I, w- I was pretty shocked to see how much the, uh they gave up for him because like you said, he's a great agitator. Um, but Chicago might, I, I don't know. I just don't think that that is that team anymore. They're, they're just trying to win hockey games and they're, their, their whole mindset and their whole, uh, energy on the ice is not the same as it used to be. Like you said, I think that's a great point. Um, but who knows, maybe he can come back in and, uh, spark a little bit of, you know, hatred and <laughs> agitation and anger or whatever you want to say. Like he was just a, a pilot. He was a, I don't want to say he's a I, he was went back in Chicago, even in Montreal. I mean, both times watching him, he definitely can get under your skin as a fan, as a player, regardless. He has that capability. He's good at it. Um, but that's just an overpay to have somebody like that. In my opinion, that's a lot to give up.
1: Yep. It is. I agree. Um, I mean, honestly, we could probably talk about trades forever. There were a bunch of other small ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Blackhawks did get Calvin Dehan, um, which I thought was really interesting. um, Ryan Hartman got traded again to Dallas. Dallas did not qualify him, which is why Ryan Hartman signed in Minnesota today. Carl Soderbergh, which I thought was interesting, went from the Avalanche to the Coyotes. So Coyotes once again getting a you know kind of name player, which is cool. Eric Huala went to Hala Huala <laughs> to the Carolina Hurricanes. And I mean, I think you wanted to talk about Andre Burakovsky as well with your capitals, which I thought was interesting as well. Yeah, that
0: one, uh, I wasn't really expecting that one. Uh, Andre Burakovsky hasn't been like everything that he lived that was supposed to live up to. Um, he definitely was you know, a good key. Scored some really good important goals. Um, loved loved the um, explosiveness of his game, but at the same time, um, I just don't think it really. I don't think he ever really found his true stride in Washington. If I'm if I, after when I saw it, I was a little bummed out. Loved Berkey, but at the same time, I, I kind of like thought about it a little more. I was like, yeah, okay, you know, it, it it could it it could be a, a good move here. They got. Um, I'm gonna butcher his name, but Scott Kozmachuk. is that right?
1: I think that's right, or it's
0: close. That yeah, close enough. Uh, I got him uh, 2020 second round pick and a 2020 third round pick for um, Andre Burakovsky. I think that's you know I I don't know I know nothing about Scott Kosmachuk, but to to get a second and a third, um, pretty good. I I don't I don't hate it, um, but at the same time, you know, watch this kid go and and thrive. I, I wish him the best. Uh, it could possibly absolutely happen. He's not, a, I feel like I'm sitting here talking like he's a bad player. He's not a bad player at all. He can definitely, definitely knows how to put the puck in the net. Um, but I think, I think they got a good return for him.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And I mean, to me, that's really what this time of year is all about. Just bringing as many depth players as you can, just making your team better without, overpaying ridiculous prices teams that overpay on july 1 are teams that are going to be doomed for a long time and then they're trying to figure out how to get rid of those players the next three years after that so shout out to you if your team didn't do that today congratulations (laughs) for sure all right so hey i think this pretty much wraps up this week's old time hockey podcast we really appreciate everyone coming in after our one week hiatus and uh you know we hope to make a couple changes to the pod you know, keep obviously the general thing of what's going on, but we got some more stuff coming at you guys, some things that we want to try and implement, especially as the summer comes and we can do some in-person pods and, you know, all that sort of stuff. We're, we're going to be getting more and more into that. So if you're listening, we appreciate it. And, you know, I hope y'all have a great week and we'll check in next week.
0: I'm glad you said that because there are definitely a couple opportunities this summer, um, and going forward, um, to kind of do a in-person pod and kind of get together and do some, do some other stuff. And I think that's really cool. It's very exciting. Um, and I hope it all, I mean, it, it should all happen. Um, but I hope everyone is interested in that kind of stuff and is, uh, excited for it. Cause I know I am, and I know you are AJ. Um, and yeah, just, just nailed it on the head there. Thanks for coming back after a week of uh, hiatus. Uh, looking forward to next week looking forward to see the rest of uh, free agencies pan out here um and you know i just hope everyone has a great week and i thank you all for listening so appreciate it and we'll see you next week